0: Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. John chapter 20 is where we're headed. Stand with me, if you would, as we reverence God's Word. It's an honor today to finally be able to dedicate a brand new Bible for Sister Jennifer. And uh, it is coasted for several weeks waiting for this moment. Um, we've been through the last days at the gym and Easter, and, um, and now here we are. And so it's an honor today. I love dedicating Bibles unto the Lord, and so uh, it's an honor today to dedicate this brand new one. Uh, it's the amplified version of the Bible, and so I'm going to read from the King James, and it's not very many verses, and I'm going to come and I'm going to read from from her Bible, and it will expound on it just a little bit. We talked last week about making the climb, and, uh, and about after the resurrection, Jesus called the disciples to the mount, and today we're moving to another passage, another account after the resurrection, and it's uh, here in John chapter 20, and it's the story of Thomas. And so in verse 24 is where we will start. The Bible tells us there in this verse, but Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not not with them when Jesus came and the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord but he said unto them except i shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side i will not believe and after eight days again his disciples were within and thomas with them and then came jesus the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed." And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Let me read it now if I can through the Amplified. Verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve disciples who was called Didymus, the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, We have seen the Lord. But he said said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, and put my finger into the nail prints, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside the house, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came through the door, though the doors had been barred, and stood among them and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger. And see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but stop doubting and believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, do you now believe? Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God are they who did not see me and yet believed in me. There are also many other signs attesting miracles that Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. these haven't been written so that you may believe with a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of God, and that by believing and trusting in and relying on Him, you may have life in His name. I want you to look back with me. Verse number 26. We're going to take our thought from this verse. And after eight days again His disciples were within, Thomas with them, then came Jesus the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. I want to talk to you. We can pull it right out of the middle of that verse for just a little while this morning on this thought. Then came Jesus. Then came Jesus. Anybody thankful that you've had a then came Jesus moment in your life? Amen. How many of you can remember before Jesus? But you've never been the same since. Why? Because then came Jesus. Amen. Let's ask him to come help us today. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this great time of worship. Lord, as, as we stand in this place, we know that you've ordained this moment for us to receive of your word. God, I believe you have a great plan for this word going forth today. I ask you, Lord, to come with a fresh anointing of your spirit. And I ask you, Lord, to let it rest upon me to preach this word. Let it rest on ears to hear and hearts to receive. I pray, God, that we'll never be the same again by what you do right here, right now. I pray, Lord, for this precious Bible that I've been honored, Lord, to read out of and, and to write in today. And God, I, Sister Jennifer's word that she will have every day in her hands. God, I pray for a fresh anointing. To be upon it. We dedicate it unto you today in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Let every time she opens it up, God, let fresh revelation come. Lord, as we look to this passage in John 20, let the truths of this word come alive to us. Let revelation come. Lord, let us never be the same again after what you do here and now. Lord, let us have a moment that we can all declare then came Jesus. Come have your way. We'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. For you seated, high five somebody, tell them, then came Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last week as we, as we talked about the passage of Scripture in Matthew where the disciples were called to Galilee to make a climb to Galilee. As we talked about it and referenced it there, and, and, and we talked to just briefly about them doubting. And, and I even referenced that of, of doubting Thomas. Now, Thomas's name in the Greek, is, as the Amplified says, it, uh, even Didymus, which was his nickname, uh, means twin or double. Thomas has been, I believe, unfairly called Doubting Thomas all through the centuries. uh, Theologians, Sunday school teachers, preachers, churchgoers alike, we've always referred to him as Doubting Thomas. I believe we're going to find out today that we all have a lot more in common with Thomas than we realize. First of all, I want you to to just walk with me through uh, some scriptures this morning. First of all, we see that Thomas was a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 11, how many of you remember the story where the Lord received word that Lazarus was sick? Do you remember that? He received word that Lazarus was sick and and Jesus said, we're going to need to go to Judea. And he began to talk about Lazarus being sick. He wasn't, he wasn't dead or he was, a, he was asleep. The disciples didn't understand until Jesus met it made it very plain and clear and said, Lazarus is dead. But in the midst of all of it, it was brought up that Jesus, we, we really don't need to go there because the Jews are wanting to stone you. But there was one disciple that spoke up in this moment and it was the disciple Thomas. And in verse 16 of chapter 11, Thomas spoke up and said, hey, let's go so we can also die with him. This shows that Thomas was committed to be with Jesus unto the very end. He was a committed follower, a committed disciple and committed here in this moment. Even unto death, Thomas's mind was made up that he was going to follow Jesus. Not only was he a committed disciple, but Thomas also understood his own frailty. John chapter 14, verse 4, we find in this passage that Jesus was telling the disciples, don't don't be afraid, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And and in the, the next verse, Thomas is the one that speaks up and says this. He said uh, whither I actually Jesus said in verse 4 whither I go you know and the way you know. But Thomas speaks up in verse 5 and says unto the Lord, "We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way?" Now, the New Living Translation says says it a little bit clearer, but the next verse shows us Jesus's response and it's a verse that gets quoted many times. Where Jesus said unto him, I am the way, can you finish it? And the life, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, Thomas understood his own frailty. He, he knew he didn't know what he didn't know. And he was willing to ask the questions to get the answer. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't being nosy. Maybe, perhaps he was being inquisitive, but I would rather choose to believe that he was serious about understanding. How many of you know today that the Lord can handle your questions? If you understand that, say amen. Because there's a lot of folks that have questions about things and are maybe are scared to ask these questions. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord knows it's there. You might as well put it on the altar before the Lord and get it out of your spirit. Because just like Thomas, if you'll ask the questions, the Lord will bring the answer. Thomas was showing I am frail. He said, Lord, we know not. He said, Lord, we know not. He referenced him as Lord, which in the Greek, he was saying unto him, master. He was saying unto him, supreme authority, God. He's saying, we do not know. How many of you would testify today that you don't know what tomorrow holds? If that's you, shout amen. Truth is, every one of us in this place fall in that category, and it shows our human nature, our human frailty, our human failure. That we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know the one that has the answer, and his name is Jesus. He's called Doubting Thomas, and to be fair, I believe today that many, if not all, of the disciples appeared. To have this same doubt, we could call him doubting Peter, or or, or doubting Matthew, he is is equally the same. But we see this about Thomas. We find that he, he was one that was committed. He was one that understood his frailty, but he was one that was serious about serving his God. The disciples allowing doubt as well to enter, in, enter into their heart, and the, the word doubt in Matthew 28:17 actually means wavering in opinion. The disciples begin to waver in this same way after hearing of the resurrection. In Mark 16, verse 14, the Bible tells us that Jesus rebuked them. The King James says he upbraided them for their unbelief and a hardness of a heart. And he, as we look at that, there's no other way to take that than Jesus told them, didn't I tell you what was gonna happen? Didn't I show you? Didn't I, didn't I walk you through it that this, is, this was what was gonna happen? And he rebuked them for their unbelief. All of these disciples that we've read about, they were all in grief. They were all hurting so deeply because of the crucifixion of Jesus. But Thomas appeared to be one that had a pain that was so deep that was causing his faith to waver to the place that he was separated from the disciples. Now, we don't fully know what he was doing, where he was at, what was going on, but Thomas is one that is singled out after the resurrection. Peter's name was called. Thomas's name was called. As we look here, I believe we can see it as a tragedy, as a tragic occurrence that when we read in chapter 20, verse 24, that Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. It's a sad thing to think about, about missing when Jesus shows up. How many of you don't want to miss the Lord showing up in your life? If that's you, say amen. It's tragic and it's sad. He missed it. He missed seeing the Lord. Jesus came and appeared unto the disciples. And Thomas was A-W-O-L for you military folks. He was absent without leave. He was gone and Jesus appeared. Now let me ask you today, just like Thomas missed it, Have you ever missed it before? Can we just have a confession in here? Any of you ever missed it? I think we can all say I've missed it. The Lord Lord moved here and I was over there. The Lord worked here and I was over there. The Lord wanted me to go this way and I went that way. We've all missed it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I, I know that I have. But in verse 25 of chapter 20, the Bible says that these disciples went unto Thomas And they told him just like this, we have seen the Lord. Here is Thomas, this man that was willing to die for Jesus. This man willing to ask questions. He understood his frailties. But he found himself now having missed what he needed the most. And it was Jesus to show up and him be able to see Thomas now begins to speak unto these disciples. And what he is speaking, he's speaking it, Pastor Hayden, out of his pain. And he says this. He says, except I shall see in his hands the print of his nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. He said, I will not believe. You see, Thomas was declaring it like this. He was saying, I've got to see him for myself. I've got to experience him for myself because I've got to believe in him by myself. How many of you know today that you can't get to heaven on somebody else's court, uh, coattail? If you know it's true, shout Amen. Reality today is that when you see Jesus yourself, he changes your life. When you see Jesus high and lifted up, see that's what's missing in the church world today is a clear revelation of who Jesus is. There's far too many churches that know how to gather and to have church, but they don't know how to truly lift up the name of Jesus. May we always be a place that we're not pointing folks to the name of Cross. Point Church. We're not pointing folks to the name of Pastor Michael or Sister Amy or any other pastor. We're pointing folks to the name of Jesus because, friend, if they don't see Jesus, their life will never be changed. Hallelujah. What folks must have is an experience with Jesus. Somebody comes down to this altar. They didn't come down here for some kind of cracker juice experience in God, some kind of little dab of do you anointing no you know what they need they need to be able to come down here and be surrounded by, by folks that know who Jesus is and can lay hands on them and pray them through to salvation that they can see him for themselves that they can experience him for themselves they'll never be the same again when they experience Jesus hallelujah Thomas had to believe for himself. But you see, his pain was talking. Got to thinking about it. I, don't, I could hear some of you saying this same thing. Some of you men, I can hear you saying it. I believe all of us can fall into this category of saying, you know what, I, I watched him die. I, I, I watched them beat him. I, I watched them pluck his beard. I, I watched all that they did to him. I, I, I watched how he had to carry his cross. I, I watched how they beat him with that, that leather strap, that cat of nine tails. I, I watched it. I watched as they laid him down on that cross and, 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 and in an excruciating pain. I watched as they drove those nails into his hands. Thank you. I watched as they drove those nails into his feet. I watched as they stood him up on that cross and for for hours I watched him there just struggling to breathe. I watched as blood ran down his body. I watched as he looked at those that had just done it and said, Father, for, Lord, for, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. I, I watched as he died this horrible death on this cross. I, I watched watched as he was there and he cried out it is finished and he gave up the ghost I saw him when he took his very last breath I saw him die I was one of the ones that helped take him off that cross and I I watched as he was wrapped in linens and carried and I, I saw as he was placed in a tomb I watched these ladies bring spices and all that I saw it I saw that stone rolled in front of it and a seal put on it and the guards placed. I've seen all of that and I've heard the conspiracies that somebody was going to steal his body. I've heard all that noise but more than anything I watched him die right in front of me. Got to thinking about today just about losing a loved one or especially losing one in tragedy where they, they died tragically in front one of you or losing one as you're at their bedside, and you watch them take their very last breath and sat there in, in, in such expectation and hope that they will breathe again, that it's not the end. And Thomas had to have been feeling all of this on the inside of him when he when he saw him take his last breath. In his mind had to have been the sights that he had seen, the sounds that he had seen, the, the smell. smells that he had smelled, the sounds he had heard, the smells that that he smelled, all of this in his mind so imprinted on his brain. And for days he had ran it over and over in his mind, ran it over and over in his heart. And, And here was this man that At one point said, I'll die with him. And at another point, he's asking him questions. I want to be able to go where you're going to be, Jesus. But now, Jesus shows up and and he's not there. And the disciples say, we've seen him. And then... Thomas had to have have, have stepped back for a moment and and he he looked at him and he said, listen, there's some things that's got to happen for me, for me to believe. I got to see. I I watched those nails driven in the hands. I I, got to see them and then I want to touch them. And and I watched when they pierced his side after he had died and I watched blood and water flow all the way down onto the ground. I watched it. I want to take my hand and I want to put it in his side and I want to be able to feel that this is the Christ this is the son of the living God the days tick by by day one day two, day three and on day three I I can only imagine that Thomas was starting to think Brother Shea I missed my moment I missed my opportunity I won't be able to see him now it's over another day ticks by day four Four and five and six and seven, and and Thomas still had to have been filled, brother Marshall, with such a, a a desire to see Jesus. I just, if I can just see myself, if I can just touch him myself, I will believe. But if I can't do that, then I will never believe. Then the eighth day comes, and when the eighth day comes, Thomas, I, I have to believe he had stuck pretty close under the disciples for the. Past Several days, and you see, the Bible tells us things for a reason, and sometimes we overlook. What seems to be the smallest of details but can give us insight into some of the greatest of truths and eight in the word of God represents that of creation, of that of new beginnings and for Thomas the eighth day represented a new beginning for him. Let me ask today is there anybody here that maybe you've been walking in your pain for so long? Maybe you've been walking in fear for so long? Maybe you've been in disappointment and discouragement for so Long and you're so ready to touch the Lord in a way that it'll be a new beginning in your life. Can I tell you, I believe today is the eighth day for you in the mighty name of Jesus that today is going to be a new beginning for somebody. Hallelujah. This eighth day rolls around and now Thomas is with the disciples. They had went in and they had shut the door and they would Amplified says the, the door was barred. They had shut it in a way because they didn't want anybody being able to get in. How many of you know that Jesus can go and no man can go? Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I, I, I love the, 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 the gospel messages after the resurrection because we see Just such an insight into the spirit realm and especially how Jesus would just, poof, just appear. And I love that part. And we find that in chapter 20, verse 26, after eight days, look there with me. After eight days, again, his disciples were within, and notice who's mentioned, Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus. Somebody say, then came Jesus, Well, how many of you are glad tonight that you've not went too far? How many of you are today, rather, that you've not went too far? How many of you are glad today that there's still hope? How many of you are glad today that the Lord's not finished with you? Anybody glad today that God still has a plan for your life? Aren't you glad today that the Lord hasn't given up on you, even if you gave up on yourself? Is there anybody here today that is thankful, hallelujah, that despite all you've been through, God still got a plan for your life. Then came Jesus. His words were words that would pierce through the darkness of fear and anxiety and panic, discouragement, disappointments, and depression. His words were four in number, but yet so magnified in power when he said this, Peace be unto you. See, I believe today more than anything else what we can grab a hold of that Jesus won for us from the cross to an empty tomb is the fact that we can have peace in this life. Now, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for the peace of God that passes all understanding. For I believe the peace of God is one of the most priceless treasures that anybody can experience. I'm thankful for salvation because it's through the salvation and the grace of God that I have eternal life but I'm so glad that Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary that I could have peace on this earth that even in the midst of a storm I can have peace even in the fiery furnace I can have peace even in a lion's den I can have peace oh hallelujah is anybody glad today that even when you found yourself beat up from the feet up, messed up from the chest up, tore up from the floor up. Are you glad there's a peace of God that has filled your heart and filled your life? Anybody glad today that you've got a peace in God? Hallelujah. He said, peace be unto you. I like the next verse, verse 27. Then saith he to Thomas, Got to thinking just about that one point right there, Brother Marshall. Jesus spoke to Thomas. Ah, oh, today that we could hear the Lord speak to us. How many of you know you can? Oh, somebody say, "Speak, Lord!" Come on, say, "Speak, Lord!" But I want you to look what Jesus said. See, we didn't have any indication. That Jesus was standing there when Thomas had said these things, but the Lord is all-knowing. And so he says unto Thomas, he said, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Interesting part about that verse, and I'm hurrying, so stay with me. Interesting part about that verse is the word reach in the Greek means this. It means be driven. It means to endure and it means rushing. He said, I want you to be driven right now to reach your hand out. Be driven to stretch your hand out to touch me. Endure right now through any thoughts that you've got and touch me. Rush, right? and Put a rush on it, Thomas, to reach out right now. Put your finger, put your hand, put your finger on my hand where these nail prints are found. And the word thrust meant that in the Greek to throw, to pour, or to sin. Thomas, I want you to mean business in this. You said except you're able to do this, then you won't believe. I'm telling you, put a rush on it right now. Get up, Thomas, from where you're at and come. And I want there to be a drive inside of you to touch me. I want there to be an endurance inside of you, oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to touch me. I want you to put a rush on this. Because of its importance that you are going to touch me right here, right now. Doubt ends today. Faithlessness ends today. Right here, right now, Thomas, reach out. Reach out. Thrust right now. All you got to do is touch Jesus. most beautiful part, one of the most beautiful parts, rather, of our relationship with our Lord is that we can touch him. Anybody glad you can touch Jesus? Oh, don't act, don't act all excited about it. Come on, anybody glad you can touch Jesus? What about this second row right here? Are y'all glad that y'all can touch Jesus? What, what about the fourth row back there? Are y'all glad that you can touch? What, what, what about the seventh row back there? Are y'all glad that you can touch Jesus? What about over here the second row? Anybody glad you can touch Jesus? Amen. Oh, come on now. Anybody glad today that we can reach out and? T- we can reach out and. T- Touch the Lord as he goes by. Hallelujah. Oh. I used to sing a song that said, Touching Jesus is all that matters. For your life will never be the same. There is only one way to touch him. Just believe when you call on his name. Anybody believe that today? That touching Jesus is still all that matters. Hallelujah. I said touching Jesus is still all Ah, that matters. You might have touched a lot of celebrities in your life and never been changed, but can I tell you the reason I can stand behind this pulpit and preach this gospel is because in February of 1989, Jesus Christ reached down and touched an old boy sitting on a pew in Chipley, Florida. And I reached out and grabbed a hold of, the, of him. And I've never been the same since touching Jesus. Huh. Another song that says, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment, your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he. Goes by. Is there anybody with a testimony today that you've reached out and you've touched the Lord? Come on. Hallelujah. You see? Come on. I don't know where anybody's at. I can't see you. Acts chapter 17. Paul standing up on Mars Hill had just walked through and seen all these inscriptions, Colby, my nephew. Seen all these inscriptions to all these other gods, and he came and found this one to the unknown God. And basically, he's like, look, all these other gods, they're false gods, guys. This one over here that you're saying you don't know, that you you put it up just to make sure you covered everybody, the unknown God, that's the one I want to talk to you about for just a second. And he said this in verse 27 and 28 of Acts 17, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us, for in him we live and move. And have our being. You see, those words "feel after him" is one word in the Greek. I can't say it, but I'll try. I'm not even going to try because I can't say it. I'll mess it up. Don't matter. Let me tell you what it means. It means to handle, to touch. If they that they should seek the Lord of happily, they might touch Him. And find him, though he be not far from every one of us. I don't know what your intentions were in coming today. But I I pray there's something in your spirit, something in your heart that says, I want to touch the Lord. Because he's, he's close by. He's passing by today. And I don't know necessarily what the need may be in your life. But I'm confident today, especially with what we read in Scripture, that if you'll reach out to touch him, you'll be able to find him. You ever wondered in the darkness of your house trying to find your way through? Thank God for nightlights, lights, Right? them little flicking candle things that have timers that shut off. Thank God for that. You know, when the furniture gets moved around, sometimes, well, if it wasn't for lights, right? Furniture gets moved around. Any of you ever tripped over something that you forgot it was there? So what do you do? You, you kind of find your way in the dark and you're feeling. See, it's kind of that way for some today. You're in darkness. You're trying to make your way through your battle, your struggle. I'm just telling you, if you'll reach your heart out today, your hand, your heart. See, I love how Jesus said, listen, give me me your hand. I'm going to let you touch my. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Come here, Brother Marshall. Thomas said, unless I see his hands, unless I. Put my finger in his hands, lest I stick my hand in his side. And when Jesus, when he came, we know that wasn't all of his wounds. We know he had nails in his feet, but he only, he only did those two things. That's all that Thomas mentioned. But I believe it's important to recognize that he said, "Thomas, come here. I'm, I'm Thomas. You, Jesus. Thomas, come here." Try it one time. You're Jesus. There you go. And he held his hands out. Thomas began to feel. Now what, what King James calls prince, but in the Greek, it's marks. And the other word defining is scars. There's a pretty popular song that's out right now that says, The only scars in heaven are on the hands who hold you now. He wasn't bleeding. He wasn't bruised. He wasn't a bloody... No, he was a glorified Savior. But he kept the scars because he wanted us to know he understands our pain. Hallelujah. Thomas fell him. Then he said, stick your hand in. Thrust your hand in. Thomas had to have stuck the hand in got to thinking when I was doing my prayer walk this morning. We've often said we're His hands and His feet, right? But I believe we're His hands and His heart. And I got to asking the Lord about the feet, and I remembered that footprints in the sand pole. The Lord's saying, I want you to see my hands because... You're going to, this pain that's here I'm going to, because I'm healed you're going to be healed also and you are going to be my hands extended and I want you to stick your hand in my side because you're going to be able to feel a heartbeat, Thomas and you are going to be my heartbeat on this earth and 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 I know we think about being the feet but I, 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 whether or not it is, it is uh, uh, scripturally sound or not, it's what came to my spirit this morning that I believe in that same way, the reason That he didn't say, Look at my feet, is because his feet is is what's important not ours and what I mean by that is this that just like that footprints in the sand when that man said Lord when I look back over my life over the most difficult times over the most trying times over the storms over the battles all I see is one set of footprints and Jesus said it's because it was in those times that I carried you through it all any of you understand today that our sand Savior can be touched. He's <laughs> so many examples in scripture of touch. But before we move there, you remember what Jesus said to Thomas? He said. And be not faithless, but believing. You see, the truth be told today. Some in this sanctuary. Your faith is wavering. Your opinion's wavering a little bit. You you're in the thick of the battle, the heat of the struggle, you're 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 in that seven-day period. You're waiting for your eighth day, your new beginning. You're tired, you're weary, you're hurting on the inside. There's pain on the inside. Maybe you're a wife praying for the salvation of your husband. Your faith has grown weary. Maybe you have a sickness in your body and and, and you've been praying for healing and it hasn't come Your faith has grown weary. Maybe you're a parent praying for the salvation of a child or a grandparent praying for the salvation of a grandchild. Maybe it's a circumstance in your life you've been praying that would change, but your faith has grown weary. You've gotten tired. There's hurt on the inside. Maybe it's something you've been through in your life at even a young age. It hurts so deep. Oh, and you you hear everybody else talk about, we've seen Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. You've heard others that have talked about all that he's done in their lives and how he's moved and how he's worked. But yet, here you are still in such pain. It's hard. It's a hard place to be where you're you're thankful for what the Lord's done in everybody else, but I gotta have him do it in me. I need him to touch me. I need him to work in me. I need him to heal me. I need him to change me. I need him to fix me. I, I need him to do it in me. I, I know he's done it in others. I know he can, but but I, I'm wavering a little bit because it's been so long and I'm tired. Thomas. Be not faithless, but believing. Reminds me of the disciple, the follower of the Lord, that brought a little boy, his son, possessed of a devil. He brought him to Jesus. And the Bible says the father of the child cried out. As the Lord had just told him, If you can believe, all things are possible. And he cries out and says, and I'll, I can't skip over this part because this is what it says. The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He said with tears, the brokenness, pain, heartache. Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Any of you ever been there? Any of you ever been there where you've had to pray, Lord, help my unbelief? Help my unbelief? Help my unbelief? You see, come on, buddy. See, for Thomas, what helped his unbelief? Jesus came and appeared in front of him and he said Thomas reach Thomas reach Thomas thrust Thomas reach out your hand reach out your finger thrust your hand in see it was the touch that changed it all for in verse 28 of chapter 20 of John the Bible says that Thomas answered and said my Lord and my God it was words of surrender it was words of worship my Lord and my God, hallelujah, my Lord, and my God. Words of surrender, words of worship. You see, in Mark chapter 6, verse 56, the Bible tells us that whithersoever Jesus entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched. As many as touched him, as many as touched him, were made whole. Just the border of his garment was enough. Those threads right there, just the border of his garment was enough. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she she couldn't get a hold of his hands or his arms, so she reached out and touched just the hem of his garment, and an issue of blood she had had for twelve years was immediately healed. Why? Because she made her way through the crowd and touched the Lord. you give Brother Marshall a hand. Thank you, buddy. You see today, there is absolutely no other conclusion that can be drawn this morning than that the Lord desires to touch somebody in this sanctuary today. That the Lord desires for somebody's life to never be the same again. Jesus said, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it shall be opened. See, these are action words. This is because somebody is wanting to touch Jesus. Somebody wants to touch the Lord. See, there's a lot of lives that have been ruined because all they were able to touch was religion. Religion. All that they were able to touch was man, a program. But can I tell you today, any life that has ever touched Jesus has never been the same again. Any life that has ever touched him has been changed. I want to know him this place this morning. Am I amongst the company of some folks that will say, I know what it is to be in struggle. I know what it is to be in battle. I know what it is to be in difficulty. But I also know what it is to reach out and touch the Lord in the middle of it all. And he brought me through the storm. And he brought me out of the lion's den and through the fiery furnace. I know what it is to touch him. I've never been mistaken. See, what we need today is a moment for you to leave with a testimony in your life. Not then came the preacher. Not then came the church service. Not then came my prayer friend, my prayer partner, prayer warrior. Not not then came this or that. No, what needs to be said as a testimony today is then came Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the only answer we have and He's more than enough. Today as I prayed for you in this service today I prayed for all that are struggling with pain all that are struggling with heartache, all that are struggling, maybe things you don't even understand. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe it's frustration. It can be so many different things, but whatever it is that you're struggling with, today I believe if you're willing to reach out, if you're willing to put pride aside, And stretch out your hand in faith. Now we're speaking obviously, symbolically. But I say that and yet for my own life, I've stretched my hands towards the heavens so many times as a sign of surrender unto the Lord, as a sign of worship unto the King. And it's in those moments that He's reached down and touched my life. Hallelujah, my Lord and my God somebody here today you need Jesus to show up in your life maybe you've got the doors barred maybe you're battling and struggling so that it feels like your spirit's cold heavens are brass you can't feel him heard everybody else's testimony but oh how you need him yourself see I believe if you'll reach out you're going to touch him today if you'll reach out oh and just as we see in Mark 6 as many as touched him were made whole touching Jesus is all that matters and your life never be the same there's only one way to touch him just believe when you call on his name would you stand with me I want sister Crystalline to come I believe the Lord is today wanting folks to seek Him so you can find Him. Because when you find Him, the more you're going to love Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you hand me my phone, baby? There's a song song that they're going to do at some point in the future. But I woke up with it in my spirit this morning, and I want to read it to you. The title is, That's What Jesus Does. It says, He heals the brokenhearted. He remembers you though you feel forgotten. He gives beauty for the ashes. He can give you peace when you don't have the strength to ask Him. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. So let Him hold you. Let Him breathe on you. You are not a mistake. Do not be afraid. Let Jesus love you. Let Him see you cry. Can you hear him whisper, everything is going to be all right. When you think nobody understands, Jesus does. Jesus does. When you need someone to just hold your hand, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. I don't think I could do this. If I couldn't feel this touch. If I didn't know that I could reach out and touch you, I wouldn't want to do it. But I know today. When things get hard and things get so difficult, I can reach out, BJ, and just touch you. Hallelujah. I can reach out and touch you. I want to know today. I want it. Don't raise your hand unless you're being 100% absolutely truthful. I want to know today who has a testimony that Jesus touched you. Come on, he touched you, you touched him, all you know is you felt his touch. Who has that testimony? Raise your hand up. Know that he touched you, Pastor. I, I felt something. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a doodad up and down my spine. I'm not. I'm talking about feeling something from head to toe. I'm talking about feeling something on the inside. And brother, there was evidence after that, and I, I, I was changed. can't touch Him, I don't want to do it anymore. If we can't touch Him, I say we roll it up right now. Because I can't make it without His touch. I can't do it without His touch. And if you've never felt His touch, there's no time like today. Because in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of it all, I want you to know something. In the middle of your pain, there can be a moment that you can look back and say, Then Jesus came. Then came Jesus. (laughs) Woo! Then came Jesus and and I I was able to touch Him and after I touched Him there was a a, a proclamation a a, a shout in my soul my Lord and my God all I wanted to do was surrender to Him all I wanted to do was worship Him because He touched me and oh the joy that floods my soul something wonderful happened. And now I know He touched me and made me whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, as we stand in this place today, We stand with humble hearts. We stand in declaration, Lord, we need you to come. Lord, we can't make it without you. We can't do it without you. Lord, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but you do. Therefore, we must have your touch today. Lord, we need you to touch us. And we need to touch you. We need to see you right now, Lord, high and lifted up. Lord, the works of the enemy can be destroyed in our life according to your word. Because you're made manifest in our heart, Lord, because we are we see you high and lifted up. Because we touch you, Lord. Therefore, here and now, God, let us see you, let us touch you, let us experience you. Come, Jesus. come Jesus come Lord in the mighty name of Jesus I want to ask you are you willing to miss the moment see I'd love to see everybody come up to this altar and up to these steps and up to this platform and, and seek the Lord but I know maybe everybody may not come this way and and if, if you don't feel like you can come up here then I'm asking you will you build an altar where you're at because I don't want you to miss the moment. Thomas missed the moment and then he finally came to the place and said I won't miss another one. Jesus showed up touched Thomas and he was never the same again. Thomas went on to be a missionary to India, one of the most wicked lands as far as false religion, millions of gods, yet Thomas could go in armed with the way, the truth, and the life because he said, you know what, i got to have my own experience. And the Lord said, I'm going to give it to you, Thomas, because where you're going, you got to know that you know that you know that I am a risen Savior, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus touched him, and Thomas became a mighty vessel. What about you today? If you miss this moment, you may miss your destiny will declare right here and now I need the touch of the Lord. Whether you come up here or you pray back there, I believe there's not a one of us in here that can be excluded from asking the Lord to touch us today and us reaching out in faith to touch Him. As my sister begins to sing this song I want to ask who is willing to come and gather in altars, kneel at a platform, Kneel at your chair. Get out in the aisle. Kneel in the back. Don't matter to me. But find a place that you can seek Him so you can touch Him. Seek Him so you can feel after Him because He's not far from you today. He's looking at you right now and He's declaring, If you'll ask, I'll give it. If you'll seek, you'll find it. If you'll knock, it'll be open to you today. As she begins to sing who is ready today for a then came Jesus hold it, hold it because some of you have already dismissed this call some of you are already thinking about how you're fixing to grab keys grab your purse, grab whatever and hit the back door some of you are already thinking about you're going to sit down as soon as everybody else starts moving you're the exact ones I'm talking to because your spirit's cold you need a touch of Jesus today Pastor, we got to leave early. I'm not talking about that. Some others have already let me know we got to slip out early. I get it. it. Life happens. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that make the excuse for why you don't need a touch. We all need His touch. Not a one of us can be excluded from that. We need a touch of the Lord today. And I'm not going to let you leave comfortable. Him to touch you today or you're saying Lord I don't need your touch I know that's bold but I, there it is now, I'm not telling you got to get up here and jump around dance around I'm not even saying you got to come up here you can do it where you're at but somebody has got to declare I need the touch of the Lord today can't face my tomorrow without His touch today. I can't go through what's ahead of me without His touch today. My family's going to be destroyed if I don't get His touch today. I need His touch. Touch me, Lord. I want you to sing it. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.